Hey, all right, and I am live here. The internet icon, the pride of the pilgrims, the most honest man in all of podcasting, and the modern master of the heart punch, Jack E. Jones here at In Your Head Wrestling Radio via the Jackie Jones Show here live after AEW Dynamite. All right, every Tuesday night, you can uh, watch us live on In Your Head Tuesday nights, usually at 9 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes it, depend, it depends. If there's, if there's something going on impact, we'll do it at 10, but usually 9 p.m. on Wednesday right after uh, AEW Dynamite. So what you do, folks, you hit the subscribe button and then hit that little bell icon, not the internet icon, but that little bell icon, and then you'll get all the notifications every time In Your Head is live or the Jackie Jones Show is live. Whoever's live, as long as it's us, you'll get a notification. All right, so let's get into it. AEW Dynamite for December 9th. We're already in December. The year is almost over, folks. It's been a hell of a year, huh? 2020? Yeah, everyone's loving it. Young Bucks versus the Hybrid 2. Um, I'm a fan of Hybrid 2. I'm glad they're starting uh, to get some more TV time. Um, I don't know what I've ever thought of the Hybrid 2 name. I'm no, I don't even understand the meaning. Why, why aren't they just the Hybrid? Why is it the Hybrid 2? No, I don't get it. But and Helico and Jack Evans, uh, they've worked a little bit too on their uh, gear. Looks a little better. Um, nice dives, uh, to start the show. A lot of, uh, cool moves. Some of them I, I didn't know the names of, but I wrote them down risky business, which was like a splash, uh, from one of the, uh, Jacksons and a, a standing moonsault by the other one. Pretty cool move. Uh, there was a, this is awesome chant by the, um, by the wrestlers in the crowd, which I'm fine with. I know some people hate that chant, but I'm fine with it. I'm not a guy who gets mad about chants, uh, especially now. Uh, it makes you really like realize how important an audience is. So for the future folks, never get mad at chance because just think you could have no audience. You'd rather have a chant than an audience. That's what I'm saying. Uh, double super kick. Uh, I thought it was a finish was a kick out. I started to get, um, so they built up to what I thought was the finish. So they did the, the, the uh, double super kick. They kicked out. Um, and Helico moved uh, from uh, more bang for your buck. Uh, Matt's really selling the knee. I thought this was going to lead to the upset finish, which um, would have been cool. And also they did their job that it didn't because it, did, it was a good false finish. But I have to say um, they started to lose because they just did so many false finishes. And I don't want to sound like an old man, old timer, you know, saying, hey, less is more, kid. But uh, here I think it's actually apt. Uh, they did too much, um, too many things that should have been finishes. And then instead of building up to the big one, I think it, it went a little past that. And, and then it kind of lost me the, the match. Uh, another thing is this is like the first time that they fought each other, as far as I know, on, um, on Impact. Um, if you did this match as like a main event on a pay-per-view, 
or even a main event for the title on, on impact that was, was really built up. Maybe their second or third match. I think it would have played better, but their first matchup and it goes so long and so many finishes, uh, it seemed a little out of place, but, uh, as of the work and stuff was fine, but the, uh, good, very good. But, um, I mean, they even, they did some awesome spots, honestly. I just think, you know, it was two minutes. All, all, almost all these spots could have been the finish, uh, especially outside the ring. He, um, so both, really both guy, both the, um, the young bucks catch, uh, Jack Evans, uh, outside the ring, uh, and Matt holds him up and then, um, uh, Nick gets in the ring and they do the Meltzer driver outside the ring on, on the, on the floor, which is pretty, you know, crazy. Cause if they ever hit that move anyway, they get the win to do it on the floor, you know, should be like the guy's injured. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, note they didn't call it the Meltzer driver though. They called it a tombstone driver. I don't know. Pile driver. I don't know if they're, uh, getting away from using Meltzer's name on the show. Um, I don't know. Uh, but then the match, like I said, the match just kept continuing. Uh, and then they finally got the win with, uh, the v- one of the variations of the V trigger, which I think that whole group does the V trigger, uh, good match for just so much stuff. Uh, the acclaim run in and then SCU, uh, runs in for the save. So I guess we're going to have the acclaim versus SCU, which will, I think and then we'll build to acclaim versus young bucks, which that yeah, makes sense. But uh, just to reiterate, uh, way too many finishes, uh, especially for the opening match. It really wasn't like, uh, like a built up feud or anything. So just too much stuff. Uh, MJF, uh, MJF promo on orange. This was just a good short thing to plug their match later in the show. I dug that, uh, video package on Darby Allen, which I really dug this. I, I assume this is one that Darby did. I always like his vignettes. They're very uh, stylized and very entertaining to me. Uh, they did an ink test, which this was good. He's seen all, you know, seeing all the uh, guys he's going to be feuding with, and then it ends with a sting, and he just kind of laughs. I like this. It was good. Uh, it, it helped build up the few, the the match too with him and um and Brian Cage because Darby's like this is a guy that you know that I've always dealt with since I was like in school. You know, insinuating like he was the big jock bully. Totally works for me. Simple story and it works. Uh, Cody Rhodes entrance. He's got the huge, you know, uh, very dramatic entrance. Uh, Darby's up in the crowd. Sting comes out. Arn Anderson goes in there and he's like, I just got to see if this is real. It's a nice little touch. Uh, so he, uh, builds up to sting. Like, uh, he's like, Hey, Tony Schiavone, get in here and give me a big hug. So him and, uh, sting and Tony hug, you know, first time they're in the ring t- together in 20 years on TNT. It's pretty cool. And he just like he begs him, like well, not begging him, but he's like telling, "Give me the, give me this, it's Sting, give it to me." And so Tony gives him, "Oh my God, it's Sting!" It was a fun moment. I liked it. Um, Cody thanks Sting. Sting's like, "I'm not here for you, Cody." And then you could tell Cody's getting a little pissed. So I assume you know they're, um, I guess Cody's eventually going to be heel. I, I you know they've been teasing it for a while, so eventually it's coming. Uh, they're, they have a lot of heels in, uh, in AEW. Um, but Sting points at Darby Allen. This really put over Darby Allen. Both, both nights, I think, both, uh, last week and this week, uh, is really helping out Darby Allen, uh, with, uh, the rub, the Sting rub. I like it. Huge fan of Darby Allen. So I'm all about it. A lot of potential in that guy. Cody seems pissed. Like I said, uh, they did a Team Taz video. 
Uh, they have like a new trainee who I missed what they were saying. I think I was making coffee or something and, uh, something about like, this was a train, a star trainee for some other guy. And here they have him with team Taz. So I'm not sure what was going on there. Uh, FTR versus varsity blondes. Uh, to me, this was a much better put together match in the first match where the first match, you know, it's nonstop craziness and lots of great moves and dives and all that stuff. But, uh, this to me was. You had your established team versus uh, your new team. Uh, FTR went over strong, but it didn't totally bury the other team. And it wasn't, it wasn't like in, in, ne never ending. It showed that the FTR is the established team that's going to go over. I like this. I thought it was, you know, basic match. And uh, the Varsity Blondes, they've been bringing a lot of teams, and I think these guys have a lot of uh, potential to me. Um, I've seen... Um, uh, Pillman Jr. live, and the guy's got tons of uh, of charisma. Charisma for days. Uh, he comes off like a total star. Um, I, I would have debuted him as a star, honestly. Uh, I think they're going the slow route with him, putting him in the team and giving them the slow build. But I think you could have uh, just debuted him as a star. But either way, and the other guy I'm not familiar with, but he really has a great look, very uh, athletic, uh, fairly big guy. And, um, you know, a giant, but a bit, you know, big, uh, dude. And, uh, he has a lot of charisma too. So I, I see a lot in, in this team. It'd be interesting to see, uh, what they do from here, but uh, yeah, good match. I liked it. Uh, they had a page interview hangman page, uh, cause he needs to tag partners for next week. And so, uh, it was the, the, uh, dark order, like, you know, pick us. And he's like, no. And he's like, like well, who else you got? And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm stuck with you guys. So that was kind of funny. I liked it. Uh, 10 versus Dustin. 10's a really uh, well-built guy, too. I'm not sure. I don't know who plays 10. You probably could do something better than just calling this guy 10. He's a good wrestler. He looks, looks impressive. Uh, Dustin's just awesome. I think the best shape of his career can still totally go in the ring. I think you could get a, a run out of him going for the title or or something. You could get a you could get a really good run out of Dustin at this point. Um, the only uh, complaint here is they had Dustin and QT Marshall go over Blade and, and the Butcher in their blow off feud, which I, I was fine with. But if you're going to do that, um, I don't know why then you don't because if you win a big match like a big tag team match, those guys then should go on for the tag belts. Uh, but seems like they've just kind of fizzled out as a team, which is because uh, uh, you really ruin the momentum there. You build up momentum and you keep going with it. So anyway, Dustin versus ten, uh, another short match, but to me this this was very good. Just a good match. Established Dustin didn't bury ten. Uh, it was cool too. Then the um, Dark Order, Evil Uno's doing more promos, which I'm a fan of. I think he's really good on the mic, and uh, he's trying to get Dustin to join a seven. And for longtime wrestling fans, though, that was the failed uh, run he had his uh, when he went back to uh, WCW, and they were going to bring him back as uh, they were going to bring him in as seven following the Goldust run, and then it went nowhere, and he just became Dustin Rhodes. But it was it was a cool callback, and uh, uh, for people who remember that, it's funny or interesting. And for people who don't, you know, it doesn't interfere with uh, your enjoyment. To me, this was the worst. The next part was the worst segment on the show, and that was um, Tony and Brandy with Shaq. I thought this was just terrible. I don't even know what the what he was talking about. It was like a non a non segment. 
Like it built to nothing. He just said like, oh, yeah, I was here and I knew this woman for a while and I wish her well. It's totally pointless. And then uh, Brandy went off on him and called him an overgrown asshole and threw a drink on him. So I like that part. I guess I guess it'll lead to something, but good Lord. Uh, I see why Shaq does need a, a, a mouthpiece, but I don't know if uh, that woman's the mouthpiece. But I don't, I don't know. This is a failure so far, I have to say. Um, the ultimatum with the inner circle, uh, Wardlow to me is, uh, I see a lot in this guy and I'm, and I'm not, um, this guy who says like, everyone's going to be jacked and giant dudes. Cause I don't really care, but, uh, Wardlow to me of all the big guys in AEW looks the, has that he has the uh, best demeanor. He just looks impressive. Well dressed guy, it's a ton of star power about him. I see a lot in him. Um, this was fun. They're, you know, go back and forth to the ultimatum. Jericho's like, we got to get together else. We're disbanding forever. Uh, one of the, um, proud and powerful wasn't even there. Um, I think it was Ortiz says like, uh, he's like, he's like, you know, you've grown on the MJF, just shake his hand, Sammy. And Sammy before is like, you know, he went off on says nothing to do it. So eventually Sammy says, shakes his hand and says, if, uh, if this goes wrong, I'm going to quit. I really like the Hagar and Wardlow interaction. The two big dudes kind of staring each other down. Eventually, we'll have a match, I guess, between them. I'm loving it. Uh, Max, you're ruining it. Jericho was yelling at him. And then finally, they all get together and do a mass flip off to the camera, all, all five or six of the guys. So th this, was a, this was fine. I don't think it was uh, fantastic, but it was fine. I like everyone involved. Uh, go, go. He looked like Uncle Fester seven. He did. And uh, one of the seven vignettes, he was looking to a little boy's bedroom window. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very uh, much talked about vignette. I mean, I think the idea was he was like a boogeyman, not like he was, you know, uh, Victor Salva kind of dude or nothing. Uh, Marvez or, or Tazo. No, Tazo's good. Man. Marvez uh, with FTR and Tully. Uh, this was good because to me it was just kind of setting up that they know their mistakes of losing the titles. They're not going to make them again. The the units uh, are back on track, and and they have their eyes set on the title. Basic stuff, good stuff. Um, Tully, it, you know, it's a unit. Tully is all in with them. They're all in with Tully. They have, they have some stuff that they could blame the loss on. Tully wasn't there with them. He wasn't allowed there. And Dax, you know, he, he made the mistake. He tried to, he did the dive. They're the no dives, no flips guys, but he did it because he was trying to, uh, trying to, uh, one up them on their own game. And I like that whole thing. Cause I thought that really, that's good psychology. It was like built up to a years of those guys being the no flip guys. So that worked. And I like that, you know, they see the error of their ways, and so it shows that these guys are still good. So uh, they'll be going for the titles, and I like that they have their eyes set on the belts. Eddie Kingston, immediately I comes out, and I was like, this is better, Eddie. You've got better gear. This works better for you. Uh, one last thing, Eddie, wear a less tight top, and you'll be good to go. The black and the long pants look much better on you, but you need a top, maybe just like a shirt. Uh, the tight, it shows your Laban, your belly. Hey, I got a belly too, so I'm not picking on you. I'm just trying to tell you, uh, hide the negatives because that's to me your only weakness. Mike Lopez, hello, Jack. Hello, Mike Lopez. You're a good man. 
right. If anyone uh, donates $10 or more this evening, um, the super chat, I will send you an autographed photo. And by the way, GoGo13, I got an early Christmas present from you today. I did know, not know it was from you. It was from Amazon, so I opened it. And here it's a Christmas present. I will reopen it on In Your Head this Tuesday. I won't pretend I've never opened it before, but I'll open it for, for the world on In Your Head Tuesday so everyone can know what a hell of a guy GoGo13 is. All right. Uh, so Eddie Kingston with Butcher and Blade. I like this, this whole team. I really like Butcher and Blade. I like Eddie Kingston. Um, and they reverse the Lucha Bros and Lance Archer. Uh, Pentagon gets hurt, uh, immediately. So, you know, so it was three on two. I thought this was a really good match. The only problem was it's heel versus heel and it's hard to get, uh, the crowd into heels versus heel, but just, uh, some matches good. I think maybe they're going with Lance Archer as a baby face at the end, which to me would work. I, I'm a big Lance Archer fan. Um, he beats up everybody at the end, so they kept kept him strong. And uh, Lucha Bros, since one of the team was out, they didn't, you know, it wasn't like uh they got jobbed out because they were down a man. So this all worked. Um, I'm a big Jake the Snake fan. He's looking pretty rough. I mean, I know he's lived a rough life, but uh, he hasn't looked too bad, I didn't think, lately, but he looked uh, looked, looked like he's gained a lot of weight and lost a lot of hair. Uh, Red Velvet was being beat up backstage by um, by Jade, and she's got like a whole group of people with her now, Vicky Guerrero and somebody else. Real quick segment. Uh, it was fine, but like I don't think they've done enough with, with Red Velvet for anyone to care that much if she's getting beat up. Abaddon's becoming one of my favorite women in wrestling. I'm, a, I'm I like horror movies, if you can tell. And uh, and so she plays, you know, she's a creepy character, and it works. Sometimes that kind of stuff comes off uh, hokey to me. Uh, but in the world of wrestling, this one works. She comes out crawling in the ring. I like the whole look. Nothing against her. She's not uh, a great shape physique-wise, but she, she found a cool gimmick that it doesn't matter. So... Good on her. I like Abaddon. And uh, this was just a basically a squash against uh, Tesha Price. And, you know, that's one of the things people said about AEW. Sometimes they have uh, too much of a competitive match when it's almost like job, you know, squash match. And uh, I think they listen to that uh, lately. So um, this one is basically a squash to get Abaddon over. She get a great finisher. I've seen people do it before, but came off very creepy with her. Kind of like an over, kind of like a rude awakening in a way, but with the legs hooked around her, it was good. I like, I like, I like her a lot. Sheena comes out, so Abaddon, Abaddon versus Sheena's coming up. Uh, people give a lot of shit to the women's division in AEW, but I think they've improved it. Abaddon's very good. Uh, Britt Baker's arguably the best uh, female character in wrestling. Uh, inner circle, uh, backstage, a quick promo, just saying that, um, now that they're a unit, they're going to, uh, be representing their, their boy MJF at ringside, uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega. I'm not a huge Kenny Omega fan as a character, but as a heel, he's definitely uh, much better to me. Plays off his uh, unlikability. I love the over the top ring entrance. Uh, and all all the stuff that is the the, the uh, ring announcer says about him, and Don Callis a great mouthpiece, awesome. He's uh, I love uh, I love the subtlety of the Don Callis character 
where he's you never really know what he's saying if it if there's truth to it if there isn't because some of it's just outright lies and some of it's like is truth but it's exaggerated i like that because he's a bad guy and you you can't trust him you don't know what but he says everything with conviction uh he was doing this the same kind of stuff really uh when he i don't know maybe he still does the uh, podcast with uh, lane storm but and and like they did some interaction with um the keeping it 100 guys and it's the same way you know uh very uh in character but in a way you're not sure what how much of it's in character what isn't but you know in wrestling he's just he's a liar it was a paul Heyman-esque kind of guy uh works for me welcome to the business kid so they, he explains the whole backstory of um why they're together um he says he knew uh kenny omega since he was 10 i don't even know if that's true I have no idea. Maybe it's true. And uh, for years, they worked this plan out and explained that, you know, three years ago was uh, Kenny Omega versus Jericho in New Japan. And that's what planted this seed for AEW in the future because that match was so uh, talked about that uh, Tony Khan was like, you know, if you put these guys together, you could uh, start a promotion. So I, I like that. I like that. It's like these guys have been plotting and plotting this all on to find to eventually get done into the into AEW, get the big money from tone from tony khan and then um get the belt on his boy kenny omega kenny's still not a great promo to me i know um Meltzer's put him over as a great promo but i've never seen it ever never um i think he's better as a heel but i still don't think he's a good promo but uh, Don Callis, I like the invisible hand, invisible hand line. That was good. I like Kenny. Kenny comes off better presence-wise as a heel. Just kind of standing there very cocky. He's dressed, you know, like uh, dressed cool. It works. I like it. I just, I would keep Kenny Omega's promos uh, to a minimum and really focus on Don Callis talking. But I like the pairing. It's working for me. Coming off like, uh, to me, like a big... Uh, a big act. I like it. Uh, MJF versus Orange Cassie. I also like something in AEW. A lot of times when the guys lose a big feud, they go off TV for a while. And I understand this time it's probably because um, Boxley's probably, you know, spend time with his wife. But uh, they've done that with other people. And I just like that because it's like, you know, you get, you have this big run, you get beat. Instead of immediately then going to another feud, you take, you're off TV for a little bit. I think that I, I like that. I think it works. Uh, anyway, um, then we had main event time MJF versus Orange Cassidy. I'm a big fan of both guys. Two of my favorite guys in uh, AEW. Two of my favorite guys in wrestling, honestly. Uh, this was a good match. Power uh, MJF playing the, the big guy because he is bigger than uh, Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy does well playing the underdog. Um, Orange didn't do so much of his um, shenanigans, I don't think, in this match. It was more a traditional uh, babyface heel match. And it was really old school match. MJF played the, the bigger heel, and he worked over the hand, which made sense because uh, his finisher is the orange punch. So he works over the hand. He can't hit the finisher. Or if he does, it's also hurt. They built up to him finally hitting it, which was a great uh, uh, false finish. And he also sold that as he hurt his own hand. He hurt his himself doing the finisher because his hands hurt. So it makes a, it made sense. And it also explained why, you know, 
he didn't get the 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 pin with it because Tony even called maybe he couldn't hit it as hard because you hit it right because his hands hurt. Just real basic stuff, and I thought it worked. Good match. Um, he kicks out of the beach break uh, before that big near fall. Then he hits the second uh, orange punch, and uh, they put his uh, leg on the uh, on the rope. And we get MGF. Uh, oh, Miro runs in. That's right. Miro runs in and just takes um, takes uh, Orange Cassie's head off of the clothesline. I don't get the uh, – I'm a huge fan of Miro. He looks awesome. He, he's a great wrestler. I just don't understand the character whatsoever. I don't get the pairing with the other guy. I don't – and uh, – he said originally why he was wearing the goofy clothes was that was all he could get. But either he decided to run with that after, or he just lied and this was going to be what he's wearing. Like these weird. I don't get it though. I, I just don't understand it. It's not working for me. But uh, but Miro is a guy as a wrestler is awesome, and he just beat the shit out of all the security. Threw one guy off the thing. That's great stuff. But I just don't get the look. I don't get the pairing with. Um, the other dude, I think the other guy should just be his manager because I don't really care for him a lot. But maybe if he was just a manager, he'd be fine. You could take bumps and maybe do tags once in a while, but it's more like he's like the star of the duo. I, I don't, I don't just don't understand it. So this was another loss for Orange Cassie, which I do think he's really racking up the losses after going over um, Jericho, which I do think is a mistake. Get all that momentum. And you put him over, you know, your biggest star and most established guy in the company. And then uh, there's the follow-up is he loses all his other feuds. And I don't think I don't think that's smart booking. At the same time, he's um, I don't think he's buried by any means. But you can't you can't if you keep if you keep uh, losing, you eventually won't be over. Uh, orange without the crowd, you know, there's some of that is gone, but still they did that such a good job, uh, really establishing him as a top guy beating Jericho, you know, two twice on pay-per-view and then to follow up with just loss after loss after loss. I don't, I don't think that was smart, but overall I dug this show. Uh, honestly, I like the whole show pretty much. Uh, just a few things, uh, red velvets, anything with the shack stuff. I wasn't big on, and I just thought that opening match, uh, just like that they went all out. So don't get me wrong, but it was really just uh, that match shouldn't have been like this epic, you know, a million false finishes matches. If this would have been their third match, I'd get it, but not their first match, not even for the non-title match in the opener. I didn't, I didn't understand that. But anyway, I still enjoyed the show. Uh, the Sting stuff comes off really big. The Shaq stuff, no, doesn't. Uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega come off like a, a big act to me. Uh, then you got MJF. You got the inner circle. A lot of stuff going on here, and I'm looking for uh, – I thought Tony Khan was supposed to be on tonight. I know some people were bitching about that. He was, I don't think he was on. If he did, I missed him. But anyway, I dug the show. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where the Sting storyline goes. Uh, looking forward to where everything goes. I think Lance Archer will be turning uh, babyface, which I do need some more babyfaces because um, they've got – because I think Cody's going heel. You know, Kenny Omega went heel. Miro's a heel. you got the inner circles, heels. Yeah, for your babyface, you got Orange Cassidy and um, 
and Darby, I guess, sounds like your two big uh, baby faces. Well, I like both those guys. But All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Oh, I did want to mention. I'm going to mention something real quick because I saw these. I was, I was perusing the WWE shop zone. By the way, if you have anything you'd like to hear on the Jackie Jones show, stuff we don't cover in your head, so like funny or weird wrestling merchandise, something like that, uh, email me at jackinyourhead at gmail.com. Uh, so, yeah, last night there was some weird stuff uh, and, and on the show. If you watch In Your Head, they had uh, um, Tows of the Greek. Weird times. All right, here we go. So I was looking at the shop zone. They had a bunch of stuff on clearance. I'm just going to show you a couple things. So this is one, the Sexton Hardcastle shirt. I was like, why? Uh, does anyone really want that? Like, was he ever even referred to as that? Uh, that's Edge's gimmick before going to WWE. And then uh, my Peach Mandy shirt. I, I haven't watched SmackDown in ages, so I, I guess this was something that Otis was calling her, but my Lord. And then my ham. I'm really shocked that those shirts are on clearance because I assume they would be uh, really huge sellers. Weird times, weird times. All right. Well, I'm out of here. Thanks uh, for everyone watching live here. Jackie Jones show following AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. And then every Tuesday night, myself and my oddest soulmate, the enforcer of the heady for verse one inch biceps join you on Tuesday nights for the, uh, the granddaddy show on the, on the, in your head, the heady verse here. And that would be in your head. And if you can't get enough of me, there's a whole other show without your head over on withoutyourhead.com live Thursday nights. And then we do a bunch of other shows with me, terrible Troy and our newest partner, our newest friendly creep. And that is treacherous. Trista Robinson, L uh, actress out in LA has been echoes of fear and a lot of very cool horror movies. Check her out. She's now on the show every week with us. Uh, lots of cool stuff. We're in Doctors of December month, so we're doing a bunch of interviews with uh, with doctors and horror films. So check all that out. It's going to be fun times. Withoutyourhead.com. We do it live just like this show, so uh, subscribe to Without Your Head on YouTube. And then there's the whole Without Your Head network. That's right. So there's a whole bunch of podcasts on there. Uh, ripped, ripped comics, which is uh, a podcast about comic books. Uh, Three haunted about horror movies and, and horror subjects, and all kinds of shows on their launch over. Twisted uh, girl next door, lots of cool stuff. Go over to withoutyourhead.com and check out the Without Your Head podcast network for a lot of cool stuff that talks about movies, independent film, horror cryptids on tales from the tomb ghosts on uh, curious transmissions and ufos and all that good stuff the paranormal 
all that stuff. Check it out without your head network over on without your head. All right. I'm going to get out of here folks until next time. This is Jackie Jones saying, Oh man.